On this episode of Fantasy NFL Today, we continue our trek through the AFC South as we break down the Tennessee Titans, the Tetons. This is one of my favorite teams in the fantasy world. They're all big bruisers. They're all bullies. They're one of the toughest and most physical teams in the league. This is who we're looking for. I want everybody on this team. I want you, 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 and you on my roster right now. And we're going to break it down. And I'm going to tell you why you should also want almost every single player on this team. And it starts right now. Welcome to Fantasy NFL Today, presented by Hoopball. Today is Thursday, July 22nd. I am your host, Anthony Germain. You can follow me on Twitter at the Talking Sunday handle. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-G, Talking Sunday, all one word. And we continue through the AFC South today. As a reminder, if you missed any of this week's episodes where we already covered the Texans and Jaguars, you're going to want to go back and check those out. We have some really good sleepers for you to snipe on draft night that will help you make that deep playoff push that we're all aiming for. But today, we stay in the South, and we got a good one, a fun one, an exciting one, one of the toughest and most physical teams in the league. The Tennessee Titans, the Tetons, in a rare, very rare moment, I have nothing bad to say about this team. They are everything you're really looking for from a field production standpoint and in fantasy. They are absolutely filled from top to bottom with guys you should be targeting in this year's draft. And I'm not really seeing anyone we should be avoiding. Almost all the ADPs check out or are even undervalued. But let's start with some offseason changes so we can grasp how this team may operate a bit differently than what we've seen in the past two seasons. One of the biggest changes for the Titans is the loss of offensive coordinator Arthur Smith, who finished with the fourth best offense in 2020 and the 10th best offense in 2019 when he was first promoted as the coordinator. Instead of bringing somebody from outside the organization, they decided to promote within and hired the tight end coach Todd Downing. He had his first opportunity as offensive coordinator with the Oakland Raiders at the time in 2017, but only finished as the 23rd overall offense that year. He then went on to be the Vikings quarterback coach in 2018, before he landed in Tennessee as the tight end coach in 2019 and 2020. Now, even though his offense wasn't ranked as high as we would like to see it, he is praised as a good quarterback coach and helped Derek Carr ascend from a fringe starting quarterback as a rookie to a legitimate franchise quarterback in year two. The team also parted ways with tight end Janu Smith and wide receiver Corey Davis. So there's no denying that the shift in play callers, in addition to personnel moves, will change how the Titans offense operates. But the offense will still run through the trifecta of Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, and Derrick Henry. This is a tough and physical team. There are some bad boys on this team, and it is no joke. 
A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, Derrick Henry are some of the biggest bruisers in the game. So let's start with the biggest and the baddest of them all, Derrick Henry. We all know him. We all know who Derrick Henry is. You don't need me to tell you about Derrick Henry. King Henry is an absolute monster. And it's reflected in his current ADP as an early first round pick as the running back three overall. He finished as the top RB1 in standard leagues and the RB2 in half point PPR leagues right behind Alvin Kamara when he got 378 carries for 2,027 yards and 17 touchdowns. CJ2K, more like DH2K. What did they put in the water down there in Nashville? More impressively, he racked up nearly 1,000 rushing yards after contact. 1,000 rushing yards after contact than any other player in the league over the past two seasons. And for all you PPR fanatics out there, I have some great news. In Downing's single season as the offensive coordinator for the Raiders in 2017, Oakland's offense ranked ninth in targets to running backs. So there's a high chance here that we might see Henry get additional work in the passing game. Now, his overusage is certainly a cause for concern as there is data out there that will support either an upcoming injury or a down year that comes following such a massive workload from the year before. But I'm not scared, and neither should you be. This man is built like a brick house, and there's nothing you can do to stop him. Cornerback Josh Norman found out the hard way when Henry blasted his ass into deep space. He's six foot three. 247 pounds so get off the tracks because the train is coming through he's never missed significant time in his entire career even dating back to alabama so there's no reason to think that he'll suddenly become injury prone and until it does do not pass on him you will never feel dumb for drafting him but you can feel like a complete idiot for passing on him as he continues to dominate in the prime of his career so if you're picking at the top of this year's draft, one, two, three, four, take Derrick Henry. Don't be an idiot. Now, although I believe Derrick Henry will be the exception, there is still the possibility of injury, like with any player. Anybody can get hurt at any given time, but with the massive workload, yes, there is data, like I just said, for him to blow a tire go down and miss the season or part of the season or most of the season. So ultimately, if Henry were to go down, Darrington Evans could be a potential league winning back as the favorite to take over the Titans backfield. If you like Daryl Henderson from the Rams, you'll like Evans as they are very similar, very explosive and very shifty backs. So make sure if you end up with Henry to handcuff Evans or since he's virtually going undrafted in most leagues, he's not a bad option as a stash in the event of a Henry catastrophe. On top of all of this, the Titans have one of the best run-blocking offensive lines in the game. They finished as the sixth best when it came to the run, but the eighth worst in the passing game, which balanced the overall line's performance as the 15th best heading into the 2021 season. The Titans will be getting back Taylor Luan, who returns after a shortened season. That should certainly boost the line.
but the eighth worst in the pass blocking facet of the game might cause a little pause if we're thinking about selecting Ryan Tannehill to be our QB1. Now Tannehill picked up right where he left off and continued to build off the success and resurrection of his career. He threw for over 3,800 passing yards, 33 touchdowns, and 7 interceptions. He's got sneaky wheels because he tacked on 266 rushing yards and pounded it in for 7 touchdowns on the ground. That's a total of 40 total touchdowns on the season. He's pretty good. He's thrived in this system. He finished as the 7th best quarterback in fantasy just behind Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. And they were letting that boy cook last year. Let Russ cook. Let him cook. He finished sixth. Tannehill finished seventh. Tannehill is the perfect candidate for those of you that like to wait on quarterback and with his current ADP as a mid-ninth round pick, yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Go get Ryan Tannehill. You're basically getting a poor man's Russell Wilson who's going as a late sixth round pick three rounds later. So if you miss out on getting one of the premier quarterbacks early in your draft, hold off and make sure you get Tannehill, if you can, around his current ADP. Now Tannehill actually put up elite passing numbers in wide receiver heavy formations, and that is going to bode very well for our boys, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. With the departure of tight end Janu Smith and the team's inability to replace him, we should see an uptick for the targets for the wide receivers, which is music to all of our fantasy ears. But there's some uncertainty around how the targets will be distributed among the two alpha wide receivers, which has suppressed both players' ADP and has made them now great values. So let's start with my favorite one, A.J. Brown. (gasps) Man, he's a horse. He is a horse. And his current ADP, as of now, Thursday, July 22nd, is sitting as a late second-round pick as the sixth wide receiver to come off the board. And just like Derrick Henry, Brown ranks third at the wide receiver position in receiving yards after contact over the past two seasons. You cannot tackle this man one-on-one. He will run right through you. Don't let the addition of Julio Jones prevent you from taking A.J. Brown. His ADP should be higher than what it is, and he now holds incredible value. And I'll tell you why. When Julio Jones was still in Atlanta, Calvin Ridley averaged more fantasy points per game with a healthy Julio Jones on the field than not. Jones's presence will force defenses to focus more on him, opening up more opportunity for Brown to make massive plays. Massive. This is the guy going into his third year on the verge of a breakout superstar wide receiver. Next season, we are going to be drafting A.J. Brown as our wide receiver number one. If he was able to break 1,000 yards and double-digit touchdowns with Corey Davis on the opposite end of the field, who draws no special treatment from defenses, imagine what he's capable of with Julio on the other side. He has literally 
just begun to unlock his full potential. He is a must-have. And assuming Aaron Rodgers plays for the Packers this year, A.J. Brown is my wide receiver four for this season. Without Rodgers, Devontae Adams falls out of my top three, boosting A.J. Brown to wide receiver three behind Tyreek Hill and DeAndre Hopkins. He's a bully. He runs with a purpose. He wants to embarrass you. This is my kind of guy. His ferociousness and tenacity is 110% at all times, and good luck tackling him. Get A.J. Brown if you can. You won't regret it. And as a late second-round pick, he's on the borderline of landing on one of my teams. And again, if you follow my robust RB strategy, we're most likely going to need an early pick in the draft. We like to set up our teams nice and firm, set that foundation, set that infrastructure in your house. You want your strong running backs in rounds one and two before we start looking for our first premium receiver in round three. So the hope now is that people are slightly fading A.J. Brown because of the addition of Julio Jones, and we might be able to snag him from anywhere in the early third round to mid-third round. That would be ideal. So what about Julio Jones? Well, he's been one of the most physical receivers of the past decade, so I think he's going to fit in perfectly with this team. And adding Jones was more of a pivotal move and huge upgrade over Corey Davis. And there's a big misconception out there. There's a big misconception that he's starting to slow down, and because of this, his stock has plummeted. Yeah, he's been nicked up. Yeah, he's missed some time lately. But there's been no proof that he's actually started to physically decline. When healthy, he averaged 19 fantasy points and 100 receiving yards per game in seven games with the Falcons last year. If Julio was still in Atlanta, with Matt Ryan throwing him the ball and Calvin Ridley on the other side, I'm confident he would be getting drafted much higher than his current early third-round pick right now. And I would argue this is a far and away better situation with A.J. Brown, and Ryan Tannehill throwing him the ball. Tannehill is younger and still has zip on the ball. I owned Matt Ryan last year in a few leagues. I watched a couple games to see what was going on because he wasn't performing like we thought. And I'm telling you, he's right on the edge of that cliff, and father time has caught up. His deep ball is lacking zip and power. It kind of reminded me of Drew Brees' deep ball during his last two seasons. Noodle arm. Maddie noodle arm, and I think Julio knew it. I think Julio knew it, and that's why he left. That's why he demanded a trade. He knew Matt didn't have it anymore. He doesn't have the power. He doesn't have the oomph, the zip. It's gone, and you'll see this year. So I think for most people, Julio as an early third-round pick doesn't sound like great value, but even at the age of 32, he's still an absolute machine. You're getting a premium wide receiver for cheap, in the third round. Again, perfect for our robust RB strategy. If we can come away with an A.J. Brown or a Julio Jones as our wide receiver one, we're set. We got two horses. We're set. Maybe we have Saquon. Maybe we've added Najee Harris in the second round, and now we're going to add Julio? Now we're going to add A.J. Brown? I mean, come on, guys. This is how we win. This is how we do it. This is how we build the infrastructure. 
You get your bullies early, the guys that are going to be consistent, the guys that are going to consistently give you the points. And again, we're not winning in these rounds. We just want a strong base. We win in round seven, eight, nine, and 10. That's when we decorate the place. But these guys are holding it up. And there's some other guys in this wide receiver core, but we can probably ignore most of them. They're all going undrafted. They brought over Josh Reynolds from the LA Rams. Des Fitzpatrick, who was a fourth-round pick out of Louisville, and Racy McMath, who was a sixth-round pick out of LSU. Now, one of these guys might break through, but again, the offense is going to run through the trifecta of Henry, Brown, and Julio. These guys might be nice players for the Titans on the field. They might come up with a big catch here and there. They might score a touchdown here and there, but when it comes to fantasy... I don't see any true value in any of these guys. But there is one more very interesting player I want everybody to keep their eyes on. He's going undrafted in standard half-point PPR 10-12 to 12 man leagues, and that is the tight end Anthony Fersker. Sounds gross. Sounds really gross. But this is another guy... That is converting from a wide receiver to a tight end. And we've seen this be very successful for other teams. Darren Waller. Now Jordan Matthews is converting to tight end. There's a void that was left to be filled with the departure of Jonu Smith. And not just because he's a tight end. But Smith actually finished first in end zone targets last season. So there is potential sleeper opportunity here with Fisker. The new offensive coordinator Todd Downing has been the team's tight end coach since 2019, so he is very familiar with Fisker's skill set. Downing's Raiders from that 2019 season had a big role for the tight end Jarrett Cook, who finished second in routes from the slot. So with the tight end position being such a wasteland, I think it's a good play to take a gamble on Fisker super late as your tight end two with potential of blossoming into a tight end one. It's all about finding the guys with the greatest potential or opportunity to blossom. Don't waste your time with duds. Don't waste your time with Evan Ingram. Don't waste your time with the Austin Hoopers of the world. You know what you're getting there. Take a chance on a guy like Fisker and you can get him for free. These are the hidden gems we want. This is the guy that can really boost a position that is already depleted. It's flat out there in the tight end position. If you don't get a Travis Kelsey or a Darren Waller or a George Kittle, it's flat. It's flat. We got to really dig and try to find this year's Robert Tanyan. And I'm not saying Fisker might turn into that, but the potential and opportunity is there. And that's all we really want. That's all you can really do. So this is the type of guy we are willing to gamble on and take our shot. So go get Fisker, kick your feet up, and hope for the best, because it just might pay off. So that's our show for today. I know that was a shorter episode, but again, I had nothing bad to say about this team. I didn't have to change your mind about anything. I agree with a lot of these ADPs. I agree where all these guys are going from this team. And I love every single one of them. I don't know if the Titans will win their division. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs. They seem like they will. But when it comes to the fantasy world, every single one of these guys that I've talked about today has value that you should be targeting on your draft night. 
Ryan Tannehill, not a sexy pick, but finished one place behind Russell Wilson, and you can get him three rounds after Russell Wilson in this year's draft. He sneaks up on people with his legs. People forget that he can run the ball, and he scores touchdowns on the goal line. Derrick Henry, I don't have to tell you. No one has to tell you how good Derrick Henry is. We've seen what he's done, especially over the past two seasons. And yes, the workload might frighten you, but he's never missed significant time during his entire career playing football. So there's no reason to suddenly think that he'll turn into an injury-prone player. Darrington Evans is another great back to pick up late. You can get him for nothing, and in the event Henry does go down, now you have a potential league-winning back, as he'll take over as the favorite to lead the team in carries. A.J. Brown is one of my favorite players this season. I think he'll definitely finish as a top three wide receiver. I would like to be as bold to say the wide receiver number one, but that take might be too hot. Hot, hot, hot. But I like this man. He plays with the mental fortitude that you wish more athletes played with. And he runs hard. He runs through people. He wants to be great. His role model was Julio Jones. He wants to be like Julio. And that's what you want. You want players with that fire, with that passion, with that desire to dominate on every single Sunday. He's going to give you 110%. And he is good as hell. Don't let the addition of Julio Jones steer you away from A.J. Brown. His late second round ADP is probably where it should be, but I would argue it should be higher. So I do find some value here. Julio Jones. Again, do not be steered in the wrong direction because you think he is in decline. There is nothing out there to prove that he is actually in decline because when he was healthy, he averaged 19 fantasy points and over 100 receiving yards in the seven games he played with Atlanta. Yeah, he got nicked up, but I still think there's enough in the gas tank where if you take him at his early third round ADP, you'll be very satisfied. You can plug him in as your wide receiver one after you get your two dominant running backs and you, I promise you, you will not regret it. And then last, take a chance on Anthony Fisker, the tight end. He used to be a wide receiver. There's a void to be filled from Jonu Smith. The new offensive coordinator used to be the tight end coach, is very familiar with Fisker, and has a history of putting tight ends in successful positions. And with the tight end being such a wasteland in fantasy, this is the perfect player that's going to be given the opportunity to blossom. And you can get him for nothing. Nothing. That's our show for today. We will see you tomorrow for the conclusion of the AFC South when we break down Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts. I hope everybody enjoyed today's show. I hope everybody goes out and gets their hands on some Tennessee Tetons and starts adding these bullies, these bruisers, to your fantasy team. We'll talk to you tomorrow.